Amen, church. My name is Michael Madden. This is my wife, Judy Madden. We are proud members of Journey Church. We also have a ministry here called Tapestry, where we try, along with others here in the church that have volunteered to enrich the lives of those residents that have been forgotten in nursing homes. We thank God for them, and we thank God for you, for all of your prayers. We were asked to read the scripture this morning, and Our scripture comes from Luke, the first chapter, beginning in verse 5. And it reads, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abijah, Abijah. His wife was the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his holy word. First of all, I don't think you needed to introduce yourself. I think everybody in this church knows who you are. Secondly, giraffes and cats were not at the birth, so these sweaters are theologically insensitive, I feel. So, uh, why don't you all just sit down? That would be better. Okay, here we go. 
<laughs> Man, it's good to be here. It's good. Uh, also, my mom and dad are actually here. They arrived a couple of days ago. The rest of the family arrived in, uh, on Wednesday. We'll be at the Christmas Eve service. Uh, so if you're looking for a reason to stay away, that'll be it. I promise. Uh, we'll bring a lot of joy to the event. Um, but we're kind of coming up right on uh, that Christmas time of year. And, and, and everybody sort of feels it, and your, your mind kind of kicks into a different, a different gear. But we, we celebrate Christmas as the time when Jesus was born. That's the time that the world celebrates, even though we know that that wasn't actually the time that Jesus was born. He was probably born in the March or April or somewhere around there. Uh, but there actually used to be a pagan holiday where you, used to, where you used to celebrate the children of kings and back in the, or children of gods, actually. And back in the days of Constantine, when Christianity becomes, you know, the main national religion, they, they kind of just poach this, this pagan holiday and call it Christmas, you know, that's a celebration of Christ, literally meaning the mass of Christ, the time that we worship Christ. That's what it was initially, initially done. A lot of these little things sort of make it into our world, even that the ways that we name the days of the week. If you go back and look at the, the etymology of how we've named days, we call today what? Today is known as Sunday. Sunday is a day where the Egyptians used to worship the sun god named Ra or Re, and it just was one of those names that stuck over the years. Now, we don't do that today, but there's always these little things that happen through history that we kind of poach and make our own, and that's part of why this is the time of year that we celebrate Christmas, because it goes back many, many years. Now, something that I want to talk about today is when we read the story of Jesus coming into the world, there are some characters in the story that are not the main characters. Uh, Jesus is the main character of the Christmas story, right? It's named for him, not for everybody else. But there are these other people in the story that allow and facilitate the carrying of the kingdom. And this is how God works, right? He doesn't just do the big things, he's always got these side acts going on constantly, and if you don't pay attention, you'll actually end up missing them. Today's the story, uh, it starts with the priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth, right? I love the way that Luke tells the story in verse 9. It's basically a public holiday, and some of the priests have got to be at the temple. And guess what it says? And Zechariah was chosen by lot. Now what that means is, he didn't actually want to do that, but it just happened, you're working this Memorial Day, Zechariah. Okay, I guess it's me. Got to take one for the team. And as you read the story in Luke, you can see Zechariah's just phoning it in, right? Okay, I'll light the incense on the altar. I'm here. You know, sometimes when we think about the Bible story of the coming of the Messiah, we think that the priests are like ready. Today's the day. Okay, that's not what's happening. Zechariah he could barely be bothered to be in the temple on this day. Maybe that's how you feel this morning, though. Just, yeah, we have to, you know, it's close to Christmas. Jesus is going to know, so we might as well pay attention, you know. You know how it is, right? Everybody's tired this time of year. I mean, you're, you're, you're deciding how many sick days to use <laughs> right before the end of the year. Do I feel okay? I've got to get that Christmas shopping done. Does that count? Can I slide that one in? But Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're, they're barren. They, they don't have children. And, and the angel comes, and I love it says he's frightened by the angel. Again, because he's, he's doing something he's not expecting to see God show up on that day. Isn't that amazing? 
that he's going to the temple, but he's surprised by the presence of God. And yet God says, your, your wife's going to conceive, you're going to have a child, name's going to be John, we'll know him as John the Baptist, he will be the precursor to Jesus. But there's so many stories of different people that happen. Then, then you've got Joseph and Mary, and their story is kind of a weird story. When we, when we learn about it, you know, the, the silhouetted pictures that we see of Christmas are not actually how it happened. Mary and Joseph barely know each other. She's probably about 15 years old. He's probably closer to 30. They didn't meet each other on, you know, on Facebook or on an app or whatever and decide to fall in love and go for coffee. Their families got together and said, this is a good match. In fact, they probably, they might have met each other once or twice. They're, they're also probably distant relatives in some way. And so now it's this arranged marriage. They don't know each other almost at all. And now Joseph has to take his wife to another town where his family is from. And they're traveling as strangers in the story. They're not whispering sweet nothings in each other's ears. They barely know each other. In fact, Joseph, the Bible tells us that Joseph he realizes or he finds out that Mary is actually pregnant. He knows it's not him. And he decides, the Bible says he's an honorable person. And so he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I don't want to bring shame on her. So I'm going to go ahead and, and marry her. But then I'm going to divorce her. Because I don't want to cause shame on her. Look at what Matthew chapter 1, this is kind of one. We'll be in Matthew and Luke. Those are the two places that tell us the birth narrative story a little bit but look at Matthew chapter 1 beginning in verse 18 it says this is how the birth of the Messiah Jesus came about his mother was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they they came together meaning before they consummated their marriage she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph her brand new husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's from God. It's part of a bigger story that you just don't quite see yet. And right now, we just need you to be a good player. Verse 21, she gave birth to a son, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus or Yeshua, deliverer, salvation. That's what that means, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which simply means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The story, the birth narrative of, of Jesus is filled, is filled with these unlikely characters that are helping to carry the kingdom without even really knowing it. Mary seems to know that she is carrying the Son of God. She knows that she's not just carrying the kingdom. She is carrying the king. And she knows that, but almost nobody else in the story seems to know that. Seems to know that this is going to be the Messiah. 
The people that are looking at it don't actually see it. The wise men see it. The innkeeper seems to see it. The shepherds see it. But nobody in that story, they all have to be told what is happening there. But Joseph is an unsung hero in the story of Jesus. Because he acts with honor. And he is obedient to God. And he also commits not only to keep Mary as his wife. They go on to have other children. But he also commits to raise Jesus as if he were his own. The brothers and sisters actually don't figure this out. Some say they actually never know until after Jesus dies. But the reality is Joseph takes his place in carrying the kingdom. And part of that is that he creates an environment of no disgrace so that Jesus can make his way into the world. Now there's another story in Luke. Luke tells it a little, a little differently. There's some other characters for Luke. In Luke chapter, chapter 2, beginning in verse 25, after Jesus has been born, they, they take him to the temple. Okay, He's going to be committed to the Lord, kind of like Samuel was in the Old Testament as well. Now it says this, when they go up to Jerusalem, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. The Bible also tells us that there's another prophet in that place named Anna, and they're both old. The Bible actually tells us they are waiting to die. But God told them a long time ago, you will not die until you witness the Messiah. Until you see where the kingdom is going, you will not die. And I love Simeon's response. He sees the child, and then he looks to God and says, ready, anytime. What a great way to live. And yet we don't hear a lot of stories about Simeon. We don't hear a lot of stories about Anna or Zechariah or maybe a, maybe a few more about Elizabeth as the mother of, of John the Baptist. But everyone took part in carrying the kingdom of God and bringing Jesus into the world. They are the unsung heroes and the unlikely candidates in the story of Joseph. And I love that. Because that means that I could be a character in God's story. God doesn't seem to use the, be the, the best and the brightest. He uses the lowly, the ones who have, have lived long lives, the ones who are, are just struggling to keep going with where they are, the ones who are not always sure exactly what they believe. God says, you're the one that I want to use to carry a piece of the kingdom into the world so that people might find hope and salvation. That's what, that's what I want. I want you to be a character in the story. Nobody's probably going to remember your name. You're not going to be a key person. You're not going to be front and center. But you're going to be in the wings. And when you do that, you become carriers 
of the kingdom. Now, I could have thought long, uh, long and hard uh, about people that you have interactions with, and some of them are, are expected and some of them are not expected. And I want to I tell a couple of stories about some of you today um, with, with people. I think I want to tell three or four stories, so, so it's going to take a minute. You're going to hear the music, but we're not even near done, okay? So when new pastors go to churches, it's always met with mixed reactions. Some people will love you day one, right? We call these the early adopters, right? Then there's other people who after nine years are like, yeah, okay, we love you too. And then there's people in the middle. Because people have a different, some people are very quick to trust and very, very, very trusting, really, really want something. And others want to take their time. And it's, it's okay to have both of those. But I remember uh, w- when I arrived at, at Journey Church, and this is, you know, eight, nine years ago. This is, this is a while back. It wasn't that anybody was really, really mean to me. I mean, there were a few of those, but, you know, they left within a year. It wasn't a big, it happens in churches. Um, but I remember sometimes comments, I just want to encourage you guys, don't ever be afraid to share with your pastor, okay? A lot of times people have this, this notion that, well, my pastor knows he's awesome, I'll just tell him when he does something wrong. Don't, don't do that. Be, be an encourager along the way. And I remember one Sunday, I, I think I'd been here about maybe, maybe a couple years, and, uh, and I, was in, I, was, I was standing kind of in, at, at, the back of the, at the back, we were about to start, and I remember Gene uh, and Dini came up to me on that Sunday morning. I said, hey, we want to talk to church officer. I said, that's good. Now, I just want to tell you a sidebar. My wife can never get their names right, okay? She always says Dean and Jeannie, okay? Because she thinks, anyway, I just say, just call them Jeannie and, and cover both of them, okay? It's, it's just easier. Uh, so, so Dean and Deanie come up to me, and they say, hey, we want to kind of, you know, we want to just share something with you. You know, we... We've, we've only been under the tutelage of a couple of pastors, and so accepting somebody new has kind of been hard for us, and, and, and sometimes we find ourselves in that weird space of, ah, you know, do we like him? Do we not like him? Do we want to, what, what do we want to do? And he, he said, you know, we were laying in bed the other night, and he said we had this overwhelming sense that we need to stop and drop to our knees and pray for you. And they said, and we did that. He said, we want you to know something. We will pray for you every day. And we will be in your corner. And we will support you. What in the world? Powerful. You know what they did? They carried the king to me. Made a difference. Then there were other people like Claude and Barbara. I've talked about Barbara a lot over the years. And let's be honest. Dumpster fire, if nothing else. Okay. Is that true, Claude? Uh, he's amening and raising his hands, and uh, we we are having a moment here. Um, but you know, when when I came here, when, when I came here years ago, um, I think she really wasn't sure about me. Barbara specifically, and Claude too. But after a time, we sort of spent some time talking to each other and sharing with each other. And I remember a day, listen, I, I'm going to tell you, in, in 23 years of ministry, I think I've only ever got five apologies, and Barbara's was one of them. She came to me and she said, I was wrong about you. I listened to somebody that I thought I trusted, and they told me something that wasn't true about me. And I've held on to that for a long time, and I need to tell you that I'm sorry about it. 
we've had a great relationship since then. I can say stuff like that. You can't. Because we have a great relationship since then. I mean, the dumpster fire is probably a little ambiguous about that. But if you go to Barbara and say something mean about me, she will kill you where you stand. She will. She's got protection. She's kind of kind of like a second mom, right? And she loves our staff and loves our church. And, and they have been nothing but supportive. Those are kingdom moments. When other people carry something and they don't know, you don't know the blessing. You think your role is small or nothing. It's not. Because everybody in the story of the coming of Christ into the world played a part even when they didn't know they were. I think about other families more recently, and I want to tell kind of a couple stories. I know one, one of the families is not here, and one is, and I, I know why they're not here, and it's not a big deal. But Sam and Lexus, uh, of course, those of you, they live just down here behind the church. And when we were building the children's wing back in 2016, we had some signage, and they, they lived here, and they, they, they'd kind of gone to church and not gone to church. And, you know, the story that everybody sort of tells, um, uh, Sam, uh, he, he, grew up, he grew up Catholic, actually thought about being a priest for a long time. Call him Father Samuel, uh, just because it's, you know, a little irreverent and fun. Uh, but, but we kind of had a thing. Grew up there, and then they said, we're going to come back to church. We've been driving by this church. We live right there. We're going we're gonna to come one day. And they came in, and, and it started real slow, and they were just kind of getting their feet wet. They had young children, and the kids were being blessed. And they came, and then they came more consistently and more consistently. And then I remember probably about, what, five years ago, I said, hey, you guys live right by. Can we have a group at your house? And they were still in that phase where they didn't want to say no to the pastor because they thought something bad would happen to them. So we coerced them into hosting a group. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And I remember, and, and Sam made fun of me a couple times just because we, we have a good, you know, I'd stand here. And sometimes during worship, you know, we'd raise our hands or something. And, and he'd make jokes to me. He said, yeah, I see you up there, you know, holding hands with Jesus and all. And uh, I don't know that that's me. And then about three or four baptism Sundays ago, whenever we have a baptism Sunday, we, you know, people plan and their families come, but then we always offer, hey, is there anybody else who wants to do this? And I'll never forget, I'm standing right here, and Sam walked down, and he came to me, and he said, today's the day that I'm doing this. It was amazing. It was powerful. And these are people that, that carry the kingdom, always have a lighthearted comment, always have good things to say. They are people who carry the kingdom. And they didn't know that they would. I think about Heidi and Dustin Dorman, who always sit like right over here somewhere. And uh, she also, um, they'd, they'd kind of been away from church. She came from a, a very a very Catholic family as well. And, and I think part of this, you know, new age of church, however she perceived that, was difficult. And some of you have come from other backgrounds where maybe we do things a little differently. And it's maybe a little hard at first to, to, to step through that. So she and her husband, you know, they said, okay, we're, we're going to go to church. But she walked in and she said, and I walked in day one and I said, our kids will never go to students and they will never go to kids, children's ministry. They will sit with us. And about three weeks later, her kids said, hey, we want to go ahead and try students and we want to try children. And she said she sat through church angry because Dustin was like, just let them go. And they came back and they said, we're never sitting in church again. We're not listening to this clown. We're going to go back there. And, she, and if you know Heidi, she said, fine, fine. She said, well, I will never, I will never be baptized. So we had a baptism Sunday, and lo and behold, go and look on the list. Whose name is it? 